Yo, so welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. I am your host, the Lost African Afro Boy. As you guys know, I am for the betterment of all black people, all Afro people around the world. Uh, so shout out to everybody that listens to me. Um, all across the world, all across the nation, from the motherland to the Caribbean, Philippines, UK, you know, Eastern Europe world, you know, we here to learn, we here to grow. I've also learned recently that um I knew this from the beginning. Real talk, I do this from the beginning. The um, mission to to educate and save my people and have them unite was not going to be an easy one. So is the basis of the show, which is why we're doing today's them segment. I know it's a little late. I usually do it earlier in the week, but hey, man, you know I've had a lot of things going on, so you know. But we get to it because I, I don't like to to break my promises. Um, especially when I've had an obligation and people take the time out to listen to my show, um, especially sharing my show, because that's the only way that my show gets across the world, because you guys should share it. Um, we're going to get into it. Don't pay attention to that. Um, but we're going to get into... how the show starts off, you know, the house got luck tripping or Miss Emery. House got luck tripping. Luck out here dreaming that she done killed her kids. You know, Henry out here cutting his neck. Ruby over here, you know, colorifying the milk. You know what I'm saying? She's pretty much glorifying. Uh, I'm assuming it's the metaphor um, for her wanting to be accepted. So she's glorifying the milk, you know, like, well, this whiteness is, you know, the standard for beauty, right? You know, uh, little baby Grace getting burned with the hot cone. The hot cone threw me back. I ain't gonna lie. When I seen the hot cone, bro, because I was still young, like, uh, my family was lucky old-fashioned, so, like, I still remember, like, my, um, my mom and, like, my grandma and even some of my aunties using hot comb on like my cousins or my sister's hair. Um, so that that sort of threw me back. I was like, damn, I ain't seen a hot comb in, in a long time. Um, so I still think Ms. everybody tripping out there. I think Ms. Mrs. Wendell, which is uh the Caucasian female lead, the white female lead. Um, that luck be getting into it with all the time. Uh, I still think she's still thinking that, um, you know, the blacks are the reason that her house is decaying. Um, but I also like throughout the, the episodes, I've discovered that it also might be a metaphor for herself. And what I mean when I say that is that, you know, she sees herself um, as perfection on the outside, as the... Um, you know, glorified version of the woman, right? She's so perfect and everybody else is flawed and so forth and so on. Um, but as you go into her, which is why I have a, a small space of sympathy and empathy for her, mainly because of what I discovered about her childhood. Like this is where I always talk as us as human beings. Cause I, I am a man, I am a human man. and and the basis I feel that black people have just been trying to wrestle through 
been trying to tell the rest of the world, and even this is expressed in the Them series in this episode six, is that we're just men and our women are just women. You know what I mean? Yes, we, we love our skin, we love our cultures, we even love our individuality that is uh, seen throughout the diaspora. Because you got the Afro-Americans or the Black Americans with our Black culture, you got the Caribbeans with the, the Afro-Caribbean culture, you got the Afro-Asian culture, you got the African culture. Uh, which all are rooted in one another, which is why we, in general, um, are naturally cool with being around one another because we see um, similarities. We see uh, ourselves in one another, whether it's a physical trait or um, something deeper than that. But that's why I say it could be a metaphor for how she sees herself. You know, she sees herself as. Uh, the glorified woman on the outside, but you know the house is decaying, the wallpaper is coming off. So that could be uh, a reflection of her inner self. You know, the flaws that she tries to hide over the wallpaper. If you get what I'm saying. Um, and one of the biggest things out of this episode, which actually comes in two parts, was when Henry gets called into the office, and Henry gets beaten, gets verbally abused by his boss, the white man, Mr. Burks. And Mr. Burks is saying, well, why is this project not on time? Why is this project not looking this way? Basically, why is this project not finished? Or why is the portion that your department is in charge of project not finished? So Henry's sitting there like, he's telling them like, I did my part. I was assigned this specific section of this project that this department was supposed to be doing. He like, what is you talking about? He like, well, this other part isn't done. And you know, long story short. And he's basically blaming Henry like, oh, so the project ain't done, ain't done in its completion and you on the team, it's your fault. And this is where we get into why you hear and see a lot of people talk about that, um, the unseen, racism, the systematic racism um, that we talk about and that there, there's always a, a, um, a glimpse of testivity. And when I, I'm, I know it sounds like I've made that up, but there's an era of, of, I guess you want to say trial period when we come across people who claim that they're allies, especially white people, um, because what is happening in this scene is that this man is acting like he's very progressive. He says, I hired you, you know what I'm saying? We're moving in a new direction for the company, so forth and so on. But you start to see glimpse and gleams of envy, basically. And he uses he uses the excuse that the project, because it's, it's all it is, is an excuse. He uses the excuse that the project isn't done to push Henry on the back, to keep or tell Henry that he needs to mind his place, that he needs to be grateful um, of where he is. Not that he earned his place, that Mr. Burks metaphorically put him there. So you hear him talk about, oh, well, you're going to have to get put off the project because now he's affecting the man's money because what was supposed to happen was every engineer that was going to be a part of this project or that was contracted, that was supposed to be the big contract that the company land is supposed to get a bonus. 
So now he's like, I know how I'm going to get back at this, this uh, perceived greater than thou black man. This is Mr. Berg speaking. I know exactly how I'm going to get back at him. He says, I'm going to find an excuse to take him off the project to try to cover all the, the legal legalities and so forth and so on on paperwork to where it just seemed like, well, the project wasn't finished. I thought he was slowing down the process. So I booted him off and never want to get it done. I, I straightened out everything, right? This is, this is the legal way um, that we, that we talk about that a lot of people don't, don't understand when we say that there's more than one way that we've received and preceded um, racism, especially towards ourselves. And Henry is engulfed in, in rage, and rightly so, because he's crazy. He's like, this is not my fault. I am a man. I finished my portion of the project. How are you? How in the world do you you want me to do another? He literally says, is he like, you blaming me for another man's work? He, what do you mean? This is not my fault. Boss man ain't trying to hit it. So... This is where we get into that. Now, then we're gonna go on to Luck because Luck is just, she she knows that things ain't right with the house. She like, I ain't tripping, tripping. I, I know what I seen. I know what I seen the after effects of the other color family and the history that I heard about. I'm trying to figure out what's up with this neighborhood because I'm not tripping, you know. I understand, you know, it's, it seems a, of that, of the the magic and so forth and so on. You want to call it magic or supernatural um, aspects of the series. But in just, she's like, I, I, I'm not tripping. I'm not crazy. So she runs off to her cousin Hazel, and Hazel finally tells her the truth about the color family. Um, the, the Belmonts about what what really really happened um that they got that she literally got pushed to the the brink of her psyche because her mom she she goes and sees uh mrs belmont um who gets put in the psychiatric home because she got pushed to the belief that in order for her to thrive and, and succeed or, or even be livable living in this community, she has to clean everything, clean all the blackness off of her, all the things that are perceived as dirty and not clean. And she tells, look, she's like, I had this saying that my mom used to say, ain't come around in my head for years up until I moved in this neighborhood, which is where they are, is this early East Compton. And she goes and she says, my mama used to say, you know, uh, light is bright, light is all right. Dark and brown, you know, that cause a frown, you know, them, them type of sayings, they be going around. And that, and that was the first development of uh, colorism. Very first development of of how the way we used to explain um, colorism, because traditionally, like I didn't start learning about colorism until last year. Like I didn't even know that was a word because we never used the term. 
black folks, especially black folks in America, we didn't use that term. We said that's we said that's that's light skin, dark skin shit. We do, you know, the definition or the honor out meaning of colorism. We just never used the word. We just was like, yeah, that's that light skin, or that's that dark skin shit. Are you doing light skin shit right now? Or you think you so forth and so on. Uh but this goes back into one of the, the shows that I want to talk about, about post-traumatic slave disorder. Because um, a lot of people, to me, seem to be in denial. Like, you can't have a generational effect on how the world perceives you. You know, how America perceives the Black man and the Black woman. What is expected when we're birthed, how the, the triumphs that that we expect to come across, henceforth racism and the, the term that everybody likes to use, white supremacy. So that plays into that. That's where we got the whole, oh, that's light skin, dark skin thing from. Because this is generational after effects of what our ancestors who were put on, you know, the, the northern northern america and even our ancestors all across the americas because there's one of the things that i want to pinpoint is that we as black people especially the blacks of the west which is the general term i like to use for all the africans who were enslaved in the atlantic slave trade uh went through if we all went through colorism like the system literally was the same in every part now of course there were different stages and um, some got their liberations at different times and even in different forms. But our traumatic history literally was the same. The setup didn't change. It just moved locations. Um, but going back into it, you know, she tells her like, yo, the neighborhood pushed me to my brain. They made me feel that um, I was still dirty. Even though I was I was told that light, light was all right. Being light-skinned was, was tolerable. Um, it's still wasn't enough for this community. I was still looked as um, a nigga, excuse my lamest terms, but I was still looked as a Negro. And a lot of people, a lot of people um, to me seem to get uh, a misconception about, you know, when we try to say, well, uh, why do you guys, especially the Afro or Black Americans, Afro Americans, talk so much about color, or even be like, you know, to to sort of like let all the African descendants or the Blacks that come here try to you know clarify that we're Black, like we don't see it, because the conception behind that is that there are, there's two versions. There's the physicality of you being Black. You know, whether it's melanin or your facial features or your hair texture or things that they can identify and say that, oh, you're you're also a part of that community and we can physically tell that you're a part of that community. There is the. There is the. Um, there is the uh, pre stowed mindset behind the perception of blackness, which is also why we as as black Americans or Afro-Americans try to clarify 
um, what our black culture is and not what the media tells you our black culture is. We always try to clarify that with our brothers and sisters. I see that a lot. Um, oh, Mrs. Window finds out, for those that are watching, I'm actually doing the show, but I, I'm live on TikTok at the same time. They like what's going on, just letting them know. But Mrs. Window finds out that all her money's gone. Mrs. Window finds out that her husband who goes off and says that he has everything handled um, and so forth and so on. And, you know, I'm a hardworking man. Why can't you be happy? Finds out that um, all her money is gone. So this, we're going to dig deep into the scene and we're going to um, get out of the moral side, especially um, coming from the perspective of Black people watching the show and literally look at this um, from a human frame and how messed up it is. Um, because the system, which is why they always say, you know, well, um, this is so-called a, a, a man's world and, you know, men have been, you know, ruling the world for so long in a horrible manner. Um, if you don't have a righteous man leading the world, here's what you see in the scene. She goes to the bank. The bank account was actually set up by her father. But, you know, it's in her husband's name and it's supposed to be a joint account for them. It's supposed to be a joint account for them. But for some apparent reason, because the in the in the era that they're in, women are supposed to have a, a specific place, a specific place. And it's not the the form of any form of leadership and taking control and so forth for that. It's that traditional housewife sort of place. So for when she comes in and questions about where the money at and why wasn't I informed that it was taken out, the bank telling her is like, because your husband came and got it. And the way our society works is he the man. So what we need to question or call you about, he's supposed to be the, the breadwinner, the person running the house. And when I seen that, I was like, damn, that's that's, that's kind of messed up. You know what I'm saying? Especially coming from that perspective. Now, uh, one of the things that I want to pinpoint inside of this is that with a lot of things that isn't taught or teached about when it comes to uh, our Africanness and how that blends in with our Blackness is that tribally on our, on our African continent and even in our um, cultural connections is roots. We've never had a problem with our black women leading. Like there, there are literally black queens who led black nations. There was an all black woman army, literally. So, you know, we wasn't really um, for all that. We didn't mind having the man or the king lead the kingdom, but we wasn't against the woman because we knew that us together are just as strong. The black woman is just as strong as the black man. I just wanted to tie in that for Africanness for a second. Um, but then we're going to get down to the meaty gritty, which is that Henry and the tap dancing man finally have that conversation. They finally talk about, you know, his view of his success versus how racism really sees him. 
And, you know, the tap dancing man is telling him, like, my boy, you, you doing all this, you know, yes, sir, yes, boss, yes, boss, so forth and so on, thinking that that's, that's getting you up the ladder and moving you in a new direction and you showing and you, you trying to show them that the black man is just a man and he can be so forth and so on and it isn't you that really got to change because you've earned all this. You went to your degree, you raised your home, you've been in the army because he's a, a serviceman, he's a vet. So he he been all he can be. He's an intelligent man. And I feel like really what the tap dancing man is trying to tell him is that it's not you. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's the mentality that you fight. But he like, what you going to do about that to break that mentality? You going to stay in this this cooped up space because he, he he makes him so angry to the point to where the tap dancing man, because you gotta remember this is this is supposed to be uh, a spirit. Um somewhere going in African spirituality is supposed to be a metaphorical spirit and the anger of him. He like, man, what you what you gonna do? He makes him so angry that he goes out and he like, he like, no, I'm a I'm a, I'm a show them what's up. They ain't finna talk to me like he crazy. This boss man ain't finna talk to me like he crazy. Henry goes out and he gets his strap. He goes out and he gets his gun. And he's like, man, I'm, I'm gonna let him know what's up. Cause you know, I, I ain't no, I ain't no fool. I ain't no sit back, I ain't finna lay back and just let you talk to me, especially the way you talking to me. Like I'm not no slave, I'm a man. I'm not no slave, I'm a man. Uh, but he doesn't do it because then what I always like to show is that uh we always had a compass for uh, morality. We've always had that human compass, us being being men. This, uh, one celebrity said that there's a connection between um, our melanin and our humanity. Uh, because he ends up doesn't even doing that. Uh, then we're going into how the house starts to affect gracing. Uh, baby Gracie, even to the point to where she like, she can't say uh, the speeches in the class. This is like her first week um, and going into her version of a integrated school, but she's the only black person there. Uh, but you know, the house starts affecting her. She can't say the pledge. Um, she starts mumbling things over for so on. But then even for the baby girl, you get a small glimpse of what the mentality was in the era. Instead of the teacher seeing the child as another child, she she instantly says, well, we don't know how to handle your child. Your child is tripping like we ain't never seen that before. You know, get this black girl up out of here. It instantly uses this, uh, again, as an excuse to be like, hey, I don't think she fit for this Cause she tripping off first. We she don't know how to to be nice and, and quiet and entertain and, and behave, right? Like all children don't misbehave, or all children don't do things that just ain't common to adults. All children do do this, but then we're talking about the mentality of the era. Then we go back to to Ruby. And the saddest thing about what's happening with Ruby is that 
you know, the parents going through so much, they don't even notice what their kids going through, especially Ruby. Like, she is literally created this imaginary friend because the amount of stress she can't deal with the reality of the situation. She can't deal with the extreme bullying and the fact that she's she's a child. She's a young woman. She's a teenager going into this world. And what most kids do is do what? They try to look for um, older figures, the elders, to help them through whatever they're stressing about. But because, again, we're talking about first form of integration. The adults that's in her face are not even seeing her as a child, so they're, they're not caring. They're just sending her to the office and so forth and so on. And she goes out and she's like, well, we're going to try out for the team and so forth and so on. And so she goes down to the base of her imaginary friend, Doris is leading her down to the basement. She's like, yeah, we're going to go meet the team. When the team is, they're really outside. They, they show you this in the clips. They, they're really outside practicing. They're not downstairs. They didn't tell her to go down there. But in her mental, even a part of that, in the reality, I feel like she knows that if I actually tried to do this, there would be major backlash. If I actually tried to, to join the team, uh, their form of hazing would probably be extreme. Uh, so she goes down to the basement and she's 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 like, yes, I'm a, I'm a part of the team. I'm trying out. I'm doing it with a girl. She's imagining this. Do you the 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 amount of mental stress for you to have to put yourself in that mind state, bro? It's it's so much deeper than that. It's so much deeper than that. And uh, that's why I say this show is so important because. And I, I have to do my, my recap, um, regardless of how many views or listeners I get, because I, I feel like this isn't being talked about, about why the show is important, even from the aspect of the other ethnicities watching this show, especially the white people who watch the show. Uh, you know, and so forth and so on. But um, that's my piece. Uh, for the segment for today, it's the Dem Series, uh, episode six. I'm your host, the Los African, also known as the Afro Boy. Um, appreciate y'all for coming along. As you guys know, I'm for the betterment of all Afro people, all black people around the world. Uh, you don't have to be black to be a part of my show. We speak and talk and talk about anything with anybody, but mainly, you know, this is all about Afro culture, uh, financial literacy, which is why I do Afronomics at least once a month, um, and controversy, of course. This is going to fall in regards to the controversy aspect because these are the hard conversations. I always say these are the hard conversations that we got to have because, you, hey, you ain't going to never get over the hump if we don't talk about it. You know what I'm saying? So I will holler.